Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey, 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 happy Saturday. Welcome to the Fox Across America Game Ball presentation. We give it out every week to the one guest, the one caller, the one family member in some instances who best exemplified the spirit of the show. Whether that means they were kind of funny or they made some really brilliant point while being entertaining. You know, the whole point of Fox Across America is we're trying to put your vitamins in your applesauce. We're giving you a lot of hard news, but we're letting you digest it without even realizing you did. Putting a little cinnamon on it, you know, just making it easier to get down because that's the whole hook of the show, man. The world's a mess. You got plenty of places to go make it messier. We're trying to celebrate the mess and, you know, figure out some solutions along the way. That's my contribution. I say it a lot on the radio. As a guy who's still new to this profession, uh, you know, I still care. <laughs> you know, two, two years from now, the Fox Across America game ball is just going to be to whatever lunatic screamed the loudest and slandered my political opponents. But right now you got the good Jimmy. Uh, Anakin Skywalker has not put on the Darth Vader costume yet. We're just here trying to help and make a difference. And this week, nobody helped more. Then the legendary Dana Perino, co-host of America's Newsroom, co-host of The Five, host of the Everything Will Be Okay podcast. A game ball goes to Dana. And I will tell you why it goes to Dana, because she played her Michael Jordan flu game this week. Dana was a little under the weather this week, so she was home uh, when she did the show. She didn't get to call into the studio. She didn't get to host Newsroom in person. I appeared with her on TV Friday uh, remote. We were both in two pods instead of hanging out at the desk and yucking it up with Hammer. Uh, but she was amazing on America's Newsroom, and she was just so good on this show. Uh, we were talking about, you know, Biden and the possibility of him running again, and we were talking about fuel prices, and, of course, we were talking about her first car. I won't spoil it for you, but you, my friend, are about to hit the road with Dana Perino which is amazing, and uh, if my research proves me right, uh, there is going to be a moonroof as well, so feel free to stick your head out and enjoy the ride. The game ball goes to the great Dana Perino. I don't know whether it's flattery to say I should run for president. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm never running for anything. (laughs) Well, didn't you, my memory's foggy on this, but didn't you work in the White House at one point? Yeah, you might not have heard. You know, I was busy driving a cab. Yeah, well, you, you were at the podium. I was behind the wheel. Two two fun facts people don't know about us, but yes, it's so great to hear your voice. Um, but that's why we get along so well. <laughs> that's a lot of reasons. Um, let me jump in on this because I had this conversation with Bill Hemmer, and we've been having this conversation throughout the fuel crisis. I want to start here in a weird spot, Dana. What was your first car? Oh, um, a Dodge Turismo. Ooh. Dodge Turismo. Dodge was it Dodge? Oh, was it a Torino or a no a Turismo? Right. Turismo, the Turismo, yeah, Turismo. Yes, it's Turismo. (laughs) It had a sunroof. Yes, it did. It was ugly. Let me tell you, I was kind of embarrassed, but my parents bought me a car. Yeah. Because we lived in a kind of a rural area Mm. in, um, well, like a, it's basically a suburb now of, Mm. of Denver, but at the time it was quite rural. I'm in Parker, Colorado, and my parents work downtown Denver. Oh. So when I turned 16, my sister was only 12. Mm-hmm. 
and she had to go and get allergy shots once a week. Mm -hmm. And so my parents needed some help. Anyway, I was responsible <laughs> enough to get a car. But they got me this Dodge Tur I think it was a Dodge Tur Was it like a hatchback? It, lo it looks like a two-door, yeah, almost hatchback. a hatchback, right? Two-door hatchback, yeah. Wow. I mean, I, and then sometimes I would forget to close the sunroof, and then of course it would like it'd be a hailstorm overnight. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, well, you're lucky in Denver. I mean, you might get up in the morning and you have a bear riding shotgun, <laughs> <laughs> or a snake curled up in there. You know, you never knew. Yeah, you don't. But even know. yeah, so that was my first car. Okay. Um, I, I, well, I, br I bring this up. Mine, mine as a teenager was a Chrysler LeBaron, which it wasn't until we bought it mm -hmm. we found out LeBaron was French for broken. It was just always in the <laughs> shop. <laughs> it was a, a Chrysler LeBroken, if you will. But one of the things I was talking about in, as it pertains to the fuel crisis, it's an angle of analysis no one ever deploys, which is how is this affecting the teenager? We always talk about truckers, people who drive for a living, and you know, commuters. But you think about those moments of adult autonomy where you first got your hands on a car and a tape deck and you were just doing your own thing. We don't really prioritize that, but I would imagine kids are cruising less right now, wouldn't you think? Well, but aren't they cruising less in general? I mean, a lot of kids are delaying getting a license. Like for us, mm -hmm. you would count the days until you could get your permit mm -hmm. and then you would tell your parents, like, we have to go on this particular day <laughs> to get the permit. Yes. But that's not the case anymore. They wait. I mean, they've got Uber. That's so and true. Also, we needed a car so we could go visit our friends. Yeah. Now they just meet their friends online and play video games. <laughs> it's so it's so true. They're all driving on Xbox. Yeah, they don't they don't they don't need the car as much as we did. Oh, it's so true. This is why you get Dana Perino on your show, folks. I mean, there's so many reasons, but above all else, what this was is... Hammer's answer? Well, Hammer, by the way, this is very interesting about Hammer. He was a shareholder in a Grand Torino. Him, uh, his brother, and his sister, the three of them chipped in 200 bucks a piece on a $600 Grand Torino, only to have his sister, Elon Musk, the deal and back out a few months in because she was leaving for college, <laughs> and she demanded a buyout. And it wound up like one of those Twitter deals we had to like sue to get her to come through on her purchase it was complicated <laughs> oh it's my gosh i didn't know that yeah, they're still they're still litigating it to this day so yeah if you get a call from hammer <laughs> and he's stuck in court it's that 200 bucks well i was talking about cars i was talking about fuel because i think fuel and inflation are the main reasons biden is as unpopular as he is and if you caught that democratic debate the other night or at least the clips where maloney just flat said he wasn't running you know everybody's been tap dancing mansion tap dance nadler tap danced um carolyn maloney just stomped the yard she's like i don't think he's running and she's trying to backpedal now but uh are we officially at that point where the democratic knives have come out for biden oh yes i mean i remember it wasn't just maybe six weeks ago that the first anonymous source democratic anonymous source was in the new york times suggesting that biden shouldn't run again yep. and that lasted about a week yep. and i thought that was significant mm -hmm. and then basically Everybody just ripped the Band-Aid off, and Democrats were on the record saying, yeah, I don't think he should, or now they're saying, I don't think he will. Mm -hmm. I, think they're, I think that Biden thinks he probably is running right now. <laughs> That's... I think in his mind, I think that he does. I think that his wife might think, uh, we're going to have to talk about this because, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I, I know that they would like to run again. I just think that when you have Democrats and friends of yours, who no doubt, I guess, wanted him to succeed. They wanted him to be president. Mm -hmm. They see the writing on the wall. They, they don't want him to run, and these are not going to stop. Every reporter now knows that in a debate or when you have a chance to talk to a Democrat, the first thing you're going to ask them is, 
do you think Joe Biden should run for president again? Yep. That's never going to end. That's so un- until he says something, which I mean, yes I think or, until he says yes or no. Right? It, do you think there is an internal pressure? Then we're talking to the great Dana Perino. If you're just joining us, do you think there's an internal pressure for him to say something before the midterms? Because I've read that that would be the preference. But I would imagine. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's fun. I think that's interesting because uh, there's a lot of um, what do you call that armchair quarterbacking going yeah, yeah. on, uh-huh. um, and where you say, well, you know, this strategist thinks this or that. I think it would be really unusual and it would almost have to be completely medical related that he would say yeah. that he's not running again before the midterm they also have a little bit of hope right now mm-hmm. some of these very close races that look like they would just automatically go to republicans mm-hmm. now not not necessarily the case there's going to be a fight yeah and each side is going to have to try to persuade the the roe v wade issue mm-hmm. is one in which very close races where republicans look like they could pick one up it might be harder for them to do so mm-hmm. with an engaged Democratic base on that issue. You're like, you don't have to win all the votes. Yeah. You just have to win more than the other person. Yep. So I think that right now, talk of him announcing he won't run before the midterms is very, very unlikely. Yeah, you know what? I, I would agree there, too, because it's almost like an admission of defeat. It's, it's a way of saying, yep. hey, these policies didn't work, but give us another shot in the midterm. So I, I'm with you. I don't think he can do it. But as it pertains to Roe, since you brought it up, yesterday, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, she's at the White House podium, something you're pretty familiar with, uh, and tried to make the claim that overturning Roe was unconstitutional. Did you ever have a day at the podium where you threw a wild pitch like that? <laughs> Probably. I mean, I think go back and look. And thankfully, there was no social media oh, to capture man. all of my moments. I mean, uh, I've always felt bad for the press secretaries that came after me because it, it was a social media uh, yeah. firestorm. Um, yeah, when the, when the Supreme Court speaks, that's speaking about the Constitution. That was exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I, I think that's the point. Is you, you can disagree with the Supreme Court con- uh, decision, of mm-hmm. course. I mean, that, people do that all the time. Yeah. You know, when, when the Hamdan decision came out that said that um, prisoners of war uh, captured on the battlefield could try, could have their cases heard in the, in the U.S. court system, George mm-hmm. W. Bush vehemently disagreed with the decision, but he complied with it. Yeah. And he said, okay, well, then either we have to figure out a way to change the law or just deal with this in, in a way that protects the American people. I mean, and, and actually, that is what the Biden administration is doing. Mm-hmm. If I were them, I would say, okay, look, the Dobbs decision said, we're going to kick this back to the states. Mm-hmm. And the, in, in the very first contest, the Democrats win overwhelmingly in Kansas. Yep. So it, I'm not saying that's going to go their way in every state. Mm-hmm. And the referendum, the way it was yeah, written, it was, was a little bit weird and bizarre. Yeah. And, and this will take different forms. But for right now, Democrats, they have something to, to crow about. Mm-hmm. And they will. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I think what is happening with the debate as it pertains to overturning the Dobbs case and everything in between is we're not really having a discussion on just how extreme the Democrats have gotten. Like they do a good job of messaging in that they're framing this as some type of a war on women as opposed to an engagement on what we know to be substantively true about the length of abortion that they're in favor of. Like how did we go from safe, legal and rare to give me abortion on demand or you're the devil like how did we get here because i don't think they hear themselves because i think if we converse along those lines they lose support you know a row had support but up to a certain amount of time so there was a guy his name is david cockle Mm -hmm. and he's uh out of iowa i believe a political consultant always 
very well respected by both sides of the aisle, mm-hmm. a, a Republican guy. Mm-hmm. And he said, here's what we're Here's what we're finding is that the national polling on abortion turns out to be correct, mm-hmm. that you will not get majority of, of people to say outright ban mm-hmm. or outright allowed until the moment of birth. Mm-hmm. The people have parameters and standards, and that might be where we end up in these state legislatures. Yeah, that, that well, that's where I think it's ultimately going to go. If you're just joining us, Dana Perino is in the house, um, literally in her house. Uh, we're here having a chit chat. Yeah. I've been. I, I'm not. I'm not feeling too great. Oh, you're gonna listen. Well, you're always you're always boosting our spirits. So just you hang in there. I'm gonna filibuster a second. No, no, you're fine. Uh, the the final question was before we let you go, Dana Perino, is uh, have you ever given any thought, being the co-host of the Five, the co-host of America's Newsroom? Okay, you're hosting the Everything Will Be Okay podcast. These are all hits. Have you ever given thought to what people do in your position, which is go back and rebuy their first car or rebuy their first house? Is there a reunion where you and Peter are in the Dodge Turismo? Uh, probably not, but you know we do have a big anniversary coming up. Ooh. Um, 25 years ago, this August, August mm-hmm. 17th, mm-hmm. we met on an airplane. Wow. And I've been thinking about this because it's a significant milestone. We were, we were just randomly assigned seats uh, with, mm-hmm. with each other on an American Airlines flight from Denver to Chicago. And, but it's 25 years ago, and we ended up talking wow. and fell in love. But we didn't have phones. <laughs> and that made a difference. Oh, yeah. Phones and masks. In the modern era, you wouldn't have talked. You would have had a mask on. You would have been looking at your phone. Wow. That's a. Yeah. Do you think I would have talked to that guy? I mean, (laughs) well, I might have actually. But (laughs) I thought he was cute. He didn't have a wedding ring. Um, Distinguished accent. Anybody who knows, he's he's British. Mm -hmm. And so when I think on some of my nostalgia, when I think about going back, it's like, Wow, remember when we didn't have these things taking up all of our time and attention? I had a family visit um, our weekend place Mm -hmm. in New Jersey, and I was was amazed. Their Mm -hmm. kids weren't on any devices. Wow. Three of them, ages 6, 10, and 12. Wow. And I thought, I was like, how are you guys doing that? (laughs) They said, it it took a little bit of time, but they've succeeded in just basically, basically making their kids busy. Wow. Busy doing other things, and they're not on their phones or on their devices. And I thought, oh, gosh, that's the kind of nostalgia I could go for. Oh, you ain't kidding. You know, we always laugh because Jenny grew up in the farm country out in Ohio. You know, we always tell jokes about the Amish people that live nearby, but they're having the best time. They're not fighting on Twitter all night. They don't care, you know. They're laughing. They're milking, churning butter. Although I have one suspicion before I let you go. Do you think when we're done touring the Amish farm and everyone leaves at 5 o'clock, they do turn on the lights and the Internet? Absolutely. I 100% believe that. 100%. Uh, Dana there's Perino. Like, there's it, loopholes. Dana Perino is an Amish truther. We just need to get that out there. <laughs> You're the best. Uh, feel better. We'll do it again oh, soon, Dana. You're the greatest. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. You too. And that is going to do it for the Fox Across America game ball. I hope you had a weekend and a half. I hope you have a weekend and a half, wherever the heck you wind up. We'll be back here on Monday with Martha McCallum. I'll be on Martha McCallum's show on Monday as well. So remind me not to get too plastered on Sunday so I can hold my life together. But either way, whatever you do, man, have the greatest weekend. You live in the greatest country. You listen to the greatest show. But enough about Brian Kilmeade. This is a fun show, too. Happy weekend. We'll see you Monday. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.